Hello, this is Evidence-Based GI and ACG Production, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing the safety and efficacy of continuing anti-TNF agents during pregnancy and lactation. With me is the Chief GI Fellow from Wayne State University School of Medicine, Dr. Ahmad Abuheja, and we'll be discussing a recent publication in the Annals of Internal Medicine about the benefits and risks associated with continuing anti-tumor necrosis factor after 24 weeks of pregnancy in women with IBD, a nationwide emulation trial done in France. So welcome, Dr. Abuheja. And can you provide us with a few thoughts about why this is an important topic? Well, Dr. Schoenfeld, thank you for having me. As we all know, pregnant women with IBD are more likely to have pregnancy-related complications. And this is further complicated by some discrepancy that we've had over the past few years in the guidelines and the recommendations provided among the North American and European guidelines. And oftentimes, what happens is during pregnancy, especially towards the latter part of pregnancy, physicians are the ones recommending stopping anti-TNF therapy in pregnancy. And I think this was really the large question that this very large study from France tried to answer as to whether or not these recommendations are actually going to lead to adverse outcomes in related to pregnancy, IBD, and also serious infections of the offspring. Sure. I mean, I think for our audience, the main idea to understand is that if a woman with IBD has a flare of their inflammatory bowel disease, then that is associated with an increased risk of spontaneous abortion, premature birth, and also that if they have corticosteroid use, which is obviously likely to occur if there's a flare of their IBD, that corticosteroid use is actually associated with adverse outcomes in pregnant patients, specifically low birth weight, preterm birth, more likely to get a serious infection in the infant within nine months. So we really want to make sure that patients with inflammatory bowel disease who are pregnant don't get a flare. But as you mentioned, there's a discrepancy between the U.S. and European guidelines about whether or not to continue anti-TNF agents past 24 weeks. And that's because anti-TNF agents can cross the placenta and be present in the bloodstream for the growing baby. So can you tell us a little bit more? What's the dichotomy? What did the European guidelines say? And what are the U.S. guidelines say? Sure. So in the North American IBD guidelines, and that there was also, that was followed up with the AGA care pathway that was published uh, not too long ago, both recommend continuing anti-TNF therapy in pregnancy beyond 24 weeks of gestation, which is really based off of strong evidence from multiple prospective studies, including large nationwide cohorts of women who had continued biologic therapy, especially with anti-TNF agents throughout pregnancy without significant adverse outcomes in the offspring. Nevertheless, the recommendations from the European guidelines, albeit 
those were relatively older guidelines from 2015. And we will be seeing the newer guidelines that got published just recently this year. There was a change in the recommendation, but the recommendation from the 2015 guideline, which was the most recent one prior to the publication of this study, recommended stopping anti-TNF therapy between 24 to 26 weeks of gestation due to concerns about anti-TNF levels in the fetus without truly substantial evidence of any adverse outcomes associated with these elevated levels. However, as I mentioned, the most recent European guidelines on IBD have updated their recommendations, which is partly due to the strong evidence that we have from the piano study, as well as evidence that we have from the study that we will be talking about today. Absolutely. And again, for our listeners, the piano registry was a groundbreaking prospective registry of pregnant IBD patients that was started by our co-author on this summary, Uma Mahadevan, professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, and which has been summarized previously in the September 2022 issue of Evidence-Based GI. But as you said, European guidelines suggested stopping anti-TNF agents at 24 weeks. And this study that we're discussing today played a big impact in the new guideline recommendations from Europe, which literally just came out a couple of months ago. So can you tell us a little bit about how this French cohort study was designed? Sure. I think the the authors really thought very carefully about the question they wanted an answer to in this large study. So they looked into the French national health data system, which covers really the majority of the French population. It covers up to 99% of the population. We're talking about 66 million people in this registry. And they evaluated all patients with IBD and then included any pregnant woman with a diagnosis of IBD into the study. This ended up being 5,293 pregnancies from 4,350 women between the years 2010 and 2020, which was the timeframe for which the study took place. They wanted to assess whether exposure to anti-TNF agents beyond 24 weeks of gestation was associated with worse maternal IBD-related outcomes, whether there was pregnancy-related adverse outcomes, or serious infections in the offspring. And they included offspring up to five years of age, which was really nice because this is providing very long-term data as to the risk of infections in the children. So this was a well-designed retrospective cohort study that was comparing female IBD patients that were pregnant and separating them out into anti-TNF agents stopped at 24 weeks versus anti-TNF agents continued past 24 weeks and using a multivariate logistic regression analysis to look at some of those risks. So what did they ultimately find? So interestingly, they found approximately 45% of the pregnant women with IBD had continued therapy with anti-TNF agents after 24 weeks of gestation. And they found continuing anti-TNF agents was associated with less IBD relapse between 32 weeks of gestation and six months after delivery with an adjusted risk ratio of 0.93 with a confidence interval of 0.86 to 0.99, finding that 39% of women had a flare off therapy versus 35.8% on therapy. 
And this was also very important because after six months after delivering their child, 88% of women who had continued anti-TNF therapy were still on treatment compared to only 71% of those who had stopped treatment before 24 weeks, which really I think was also an interesting finding showing that patients that were continued throughout their pregnancy and delivery were more likely to continue treatment. And this also will open up an opportunity to avoid getting these patients off treatment due to the adverse outcomes that can be associated with that. Now, as for the pregnancy-related outcomes, they found that continuing anti-TNF therapy was associated with a lower rate of prematurity, 7.6% in those that continue therapy versus 8.9% in those that did not continue therapy, as well as a lower preterm birth, as well as very preterm birth rate. And they did not find any significant differences in pregnancy-related hospitalizations, rates of cesarean section delivery, stillbirths, small or large for gestational age births. And that was also key finding in this study. I think the bottom line for our listeners is to remember that when our IBD patients discuss with us that they're planning to get pregnant or they're already pregnant and they need feedback about whether or not to stop their anti-TNF agents, that we want to be able to counsel them based on this study, as well as on the piano registry data, that in fact, the most important thing is not to have an IBD relapse during pregnancy, is to try to avoid having to get steroids during your pregnancy, because those are the things that are associated with adverse maternal fetal outcomes, and that we haven't found any evidence of an increased risk of serious infection in infants of mothers who stayed on anti-TNF agents. Now, ultimately, we do shared decision-making with our patients, but this volume of data, I think, makes it much easier for us to appropriately counsel patients about the benefits of continuing anti-TNF agents and reassuring our patients that it's safe for their growing, for their baby. What kind of stuff do we need to look for in the future as far as research about IBD agents in pregnancy go? I think the question of continuing anti-TNF therapy has been appropriately addressed in multiple now studies, including studies from Europe as well as from the U.S. And I think this is definitely a step in the right direction. However, as you know, recently over the past few years and really the past year or two, we've seen the introduction of much more agents that are now targeting therapy in IBD. And there is significantly more widespread use of these non-anti-TNF agents and small molecules. And we will be faced with similar questions regarding the safety of these newer agents, whether or not to continue therapy throughout pregnancy and at the time delivery and afterwards. And I think future research should focus on the safety of these medications during pregnancy and lactation as well as their impact on response to vaccination, long-term risk of infection, immune-mediated diseases, and other health outcomes, obviously. This, I think, is going to help us improve our shared decision-making with our patients because there will come a time over the next year or two that we are going to be faced with this question as to whether or not continuing these newer non-anti-TNF agents is safe. And we have to have more studies that are going to address this question and help us understand whether or not 
the safety data is actually exists for these newer agents to appropriately counsel patients and help us prevent adverse outcomes in pregnancy. Yeah, we, we definitely need data to help us understand the safety of things like the small molecules, meaning ozonamide or zaposia and upadacinitinib, which is Rinvoke, both for ulcerative colitis, using ustekinumab for Crohn's disease, the anti-integrin agents, things like vetaluzumab or Intivio, all of these things, we really don't have the same large database evidence about safety in IBD that we now have for anti-TNF agents. So we'll look forward to seeing that in the future. Okay. Well, Dr. Abuheja, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.